right, all right. Good morning, church. How are you guys doing this morning? Okay, there's a handful of you. I am so excited that my hair is actually standing on Ed. Uh, I went to the bathroom, and I had no idea that my hair product, which is also known as cement, put my hair, so now that's all you're going to focus on this morning is the fact that my hair, but now I can actually claim that I am six feet tall. Praise God. I'm no longer 5'11 and a couple inches. I'm six feet tall. Hey, Glad to have you guys here this morning. We are going to continue but actually finalize our series, the Godfinance series. How many of us have been enjoying that series? Okay, like three people. All right. Well, hopefully you enjoy this one. Uh, really talking about testing, but our faith and the test and the trials uh, in our life. And, and I want to get right into it. Matter of fact, let's just pray first. Father God, thank you for the opportunity. Lord, would you allow me to get out of your way this morning? This is your service. These are your people. This is your church. Would you move in a powerful way? Would you break strongholds, mindsets? Would you release people and free people this morning? In Jesus' name, would your word come upon us right now and none of us would leave unchanged? In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. All right, I'm going to be in 1 Peter. I'm going to start off there. 1 Peter, starting at chapter 1, verse 3 through 9. Verse 3 through 9. You guys all there? This would be a great opportunity for all of those who are in, in their phones on Facebook. I know, you're on Facebook, but that's okay. But you can download our app, a Christian Faith Center app, with your Google device, Android, or if you're an unfortunate user of an Apple, you are more than welcome to do so. I am sure it's available for you. Uh, just to download that. If you don't have a Bible, I want to put one in your hand. I want to be really intentional about doing this uh, in every service. If you do not have a physical Bible, and you're like, man, I want one, and you're like, man, I, you know, maybe not that version, come talk to me, come seek me. I want to put a Bible that you can actually read in Jesus' name. Amen? All right, here we go. This is what Scripture says. It says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus from the dead. I want you to highlight that. God raised Jesus from the dead. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. So that boat that needs maintenance, that house that needs maintenance, yourself that might need maintenance, but the inheritance in heaven will not change, uh, it will not get dusty, it will not get broken, it's preserved for each and every one of us in Jesus' name. Come on, church, are we here this morning? And through your faith, what I love about this, it doesn't say through your, your mountainous faith, through your little faith. It says just for the sake of having faith at all. Even if you came in here this morning and it's a thread of faith, like you're just hanging on to this little thread, that is enough. That is enough according to Scripture. Through your faith, God is protecting you by His power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for us all to see. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials. I know we don't want to hear that, but even though we endure many trials, but here's, you got to read the last part. It says, for a little while. You might have a trial, but you need to understand something, sir or ma'am, that, that that trial is only for a short period of time. You are not going to be in that season forever. You are not going to be in that circumstance forever or that trial forever. Goodness, godness is on the other end of that trial if you would walk through him. And it continues on and says, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. Man, it's, a, it's really easy to praise God and to be a Christian when things are we're going your way, right? When, you know, you're successful, you got all the blessings. 
But man, it's another story to see people to see people walk through the valley low, doesn't it? When you're in the mire, when you're in the junk, where when you're struggling with addiction, man, you just got out of prison and, and you're just trying, trying to walk right. It is a, a show, an indication of how these trials, how you walk through these trials of your genuine faith. Again, faith even of a mustard seed is enough for some reason this generation or maybe all of us. I, I don't know who, maybe you're like me at times. You're like, oh, man, I'm struggling in this area. Just having faith is enough this morning. I don't know who that's for, but that's for somebody this morning. It's being tested as fire test and purifies gold. Come on, some of us need to get in the fire this morning. Uh, some of us are, are trying to walk out of the fire, trying to walk out of our situation. Lord, just, just get me out of here. As I recall, Daniel was in a pit of lions. He didn't elevate him out of the lion den, but Jesus came down into the den with him. We need to have Jesus come into our situation. We need to have Jesus come into our lives so that we're facing that trial, faced against the impossible in our life. We know that when we walk out of the fire, Jesus was with us every single step of the way. Are you with me this morning, church? Maybe that's for you. I don't know. But through our faith, it's more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love him even though you have never seen him. Mm. Though you don't see him now, you trust him. we got to trust him, church. And you rejoice with a glorious inexpressible joy. I, I put it this way. People around you thinking you're drinking the Kool-Aid because you're so, you're just so on fire. You're so filled with joy. And people are like, how could you possibly be filled with that much joy? How could you be that happy? How could you walk through what I just saw you walk through upright? It's because of God. And it ain't because of me. I didn't get through the trials because of my understanding. I didn't get through the trials and the muck because of, of my intellect or my whatever. It's all God, inexpressible joy. There's no way to, to show it. Otherwise, you know, people would understand. But you're just like, hey, it's all God, baby. It, it's all God. Let me just share what he's done in my life. And then it finally says, then the reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your soul. See, the test in life, I find this interesting. It either will showcase your weakness or it'll showcase your strength. Maybe you're like me. I got, I got my mom in the house. Mom, can you raise your hand? I got my mom coming all the way from Florida. Great to have her in the house this morning. And she's going to check me to make sure I'm telling the truth about this. But I promise you, high school was a challenge for me. I didn't get good grades. And by good grades, I didn't realize it was actually possible to get a point something as a GPA. I'm just saying. But I was a pleasure to have in class. They loved me. The teachers thought I was a hoot. I just didn't pay attention. I, I don't know. I couldn't speak. I, I, a lot of issues. But what, what I'm getting at is a, a test in school. You know that test in high school? Man, you're like, man, man, back in the day, you remember those cheat books? You'd be like, I didn't read the book, but I'm going to cheat and figure out. Well, I figure what they call those things. But what, Cliff Notes? Okay, yeah. Smart Notes. Cliff Notes. Notes. Basically saying that you didn't want to read it and you want to spend the time, but you're going to look through them like, man, I'm going to ace this test. I got this. And then the test comes. You're coming on all proud. Man, I got this. I didn't read a, I didn't read a single page, and I'm going to ace this test. And you get in there, and the questions are not what you expected. You're like, wait a minute. This is not what the Cliff's Notes said. What do we mean? I have to expand upon. Expand upon. I don't know what that is. But, so I flunked the test, but it showcased my weakness. 
I didn't study. My teacher didn't need to be a rocket scientist to figure out this boy didn't study. He barely spelt his name right, let alone getting through the test. I'm just saying. And when you're, you know, that awkward, I'm going off script here, but when you're that awkward, come on, maybe you're like me, that awkward kid, like, you were already done with the test. Like, man, am I this brilliant? Like, I, I'm, and you got to go walk up to the teacher and you hand it, and you're thinking, man, I got this, right? And then you get the F. Like, no effort whatsoever given to this test, right? But what I say, I, I say that because we want to be, maybe you're in a, in a season of testing right now. Maybe you're in a season, you're walking through a trial right now. That is a time of preparation. See, if I would have prepared for the test in the right way and not tried to cheat and get cut corners, come on. Christians, we like to sometimes cut corners. We want the glory. We want the blessings. We want to cut corners. We don't want to go straight through it, right? But, we, but sometimes we, we need to understand that it's a time of preparation. Sometimes we've got to get burned a little bit. Refiner's fire takes the impurities out of our life and, and developing our character and who God wants us to be. But these, these impurities, it's going to elevate us in, in, into new things. Man, there's some stuff that God's working on me. Just because i got a P in front of my name doesn't mean that I don't have struggles and, and challenges. It doesn't mean that I, God doesn't have to put me in the refiner's fire. It doesn't mean he doesn't have to work on this and work on that. Man, we're, we're all in that boat. A lot of us are saved, but we're not all sanctified. Come on, there's some things and areas in our life that we have got to work on. But we've got to allow God to do that, and he does that through the Holy Spirit. By the way, that's inside you. I don't know if you knew that. Not theory by Eric, but, but actual scripture says that it's inside you. Lean, the helper, it's here to help us. It's not there to nag us. It's not there to, oh, you didn't do that right. It, it, it's there to, he's, here, he's there to help us so we can lean into to him, and he'll lean into us this morning. You're with me this morning, church. But there's stuff inside each and every one of you this morning. I'm not just looking at our leaders. Jacob, if you could raise your hand. This is our young adults leader uh, for all the campuses. If you got young adults people, man, you need to come to this man. He's highly anointed, a gifted speaker, uh, just amazing. I, I just There's so much potential in you, even, uh, even untapped. But there's so much potential, not just in him, but in all of us. But sometimes it takes some of that refiner's fire. Sometimes we have to walk through those trials in order to see that. Like just because I see it. Like, man, you're going to be an amazing youth. You're going to work in the nursery. Like, oh, dear Jesus. No, I am not. <laughs> right? If somebody speaks that over me, I'm going to slap them. I'm just saying. We've got to pray for our nursery leaders, right? Oh, we got to pray for our nursery leaders. I don't know if you've been in there. I have one kid, and that's enough. That's, I'm just saying. She's a joy, joy, joy down in my heart. Okay. All the parents are laughing because you guys know where I'm coming from. Come on. But there's stuff. There's inner gifts that maybe you're not even aware of because, I want you to catch this, there's never been a demand placed on them. Maybe you have a gift with children. Maybe you can walk into a room and you can herd cats like nobody's business, right? That's how I, that's how I envision it, visualize it, just trying to herd cats everywhere. But maybe you have that inside you, but nobody's ever came in and said, you know what? I see this in you and place that demand on you. Man, we got needs all around the house this morning. I don't care if we, we got 3,000 people in this church. There will always be a need for you because you are here for a reason. Come on. You, you got air in your lungs. You got a heartbeat. You are here for a reason. You're in this church not by accident because God wants us to plug in. The church is for the non-believer, for us to be built up. But, man, it's time to start using our gifts. But you got to allow leaders and mentors and people to place demands on those things. And, man, watch your life flourish. If I didn't let people... 
pour into me and, 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 and put demands on me. And I don't mean like demanding like you need to do this, but demands in a sense of like, hey, there's a need. I, I see this in you. I know you don't see it. I know you want to run from it. But if I didn't have people like that in my life, I don't know where my life would be right now. Man, we need to lean into those people. We need to not run away. Like, yeah, internally, like, absolutely not. Get on stage and speak, absolutely not. Not doing that ever. God's got a sense of humor, right? But we need to lean into those people even more. But there needs to be a demand on it. The scripture I, I really want to hang my hat and I'm really going to just kind of focus on this morning is found in 1 Kings. It's right before 2 Kings in the Old Testament. Come on, some of you got that. You guys, My joke, that's why I don't tell jokes because I'm not good at it. But I try to throw it out there every now and then. Chapter 17, starting in verse 8. And it says this, then the Lord said to Elijah, go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. So he went to Zarephath. As he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks and asked her, would you please bring me a little cup of water? As she was going to get it, he called her, bring me a bit of bread too. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in this house, and I have only a handful of flour in a jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of a jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal, and then my son and I will die. Talk about disparity, being at the low of low, like basically throwing in the towels, and we're done here. But Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do what you just said, but make a little bread for me first. I want you to highlight that word first in your Bibles this morning. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, there will be always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops will grow again. So she did, as Elijah said, and she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. Man, it's amazing when God enters a situation. There will always be enough. I want somebody to hear this. There will always be enough flour, olive oil, and the containers just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. Trials work to reveal some things in our life. And that's what I'm going to talk about a little bit this morning. And the first one is this, to reveal what's really inside you. I want us to really just kind of soul search a little bit. And what is it really inside? What is the trial that I'm walking through? What is it really revealing about me personally? Man, if I've learned anything in my 34 years of life, and you know I'm lying, my 34 years of life is that we as humans have an unlimited capacity for self-deception. Man, we can talk ourselves up, man. Like, man, my life is good. Do you need prayer? Uh-uh. I'm good. But you're reconciled. But man, what, I, what I'm getting at this morning is you, you could do that in the good times. You could convince yourself, man, you got everything. I got all I need. I don't need God. I don't need this. I, I mean, I, I'm successful. Come on. I, 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 I was walking that life of success. Man, I was going to make it the six-figure job. I, I was going to do all these things. But then a but God moment showed up in my life. And I pray that a but God moment shows in your life. Where God says, hey, sir, ma'am, I see where you want to go, but man, what I've got for you is much better. I know monetarily it doesn't seem like it. I know it seems out of your comfort zone, but I promise you I will bless you far more than you could ever imagine if you would just walk out. But it's, it's easy to fake it when we're not in a trial. But when we're in a trial, you can't fake your way out of bondage. 
You can't sit there, oh, I'm free, I'm free. You know, in body, it doesn't work. Famine, hardship. You can't fake it out of that. Man, you ain't got no money. You can fake it all you want. That bank account still says zero. Right? You can't fake your way out of that. You can't fake your way through the struggle. You can't fake your way through the addiction. But we have to flip the script and and see what God sees and, and take these trials as opportunities for us to see what's really inside us. When we're challenged... When life, when life comes at us with difficulties and obstacles, how do we perceive them? How do we, how do we view them? How do we walk through them? Man, maybe you're like me this morning and you've walked through some trials and you look back and say, man, I really could have done that a lot better. Man, I had, and sometimes I look back and it's like, man, I preach on faith. I had no faith there. My faith could have been way bigger there. But don't be discouraged just because you're in a new trial in a new season. Doesn't mean you... God, God's there with you. You need to understand that. He didn't just say you'd have trials and, hey, good luck, guys. Have fun. He said, I will be with you always. Not forsake you. Not leave you down there. I'm there to lift you up. Continue to encourage you. But we need to see these as opportunities. See, when the widow met Elijah, both were in a famine. Both were in the lowest of lows. They were hangry. Man, I don't know what hunger is. Man, I, hunger for me is I don't get a burger for lunch or something like that. But this, this we're kind of talking about famine, like no opportunity, no food, nothing there. Lowest of lows. And then one day, this dude comes up and puts a demand on her that she couldn't physically meet. She couldn't just materialize. Well, I just told you, I ain't got no, no flour. I have no olive oil. Boy, did you not listen to what I said? I have nothing. But he reminded her of a promise of God. You might not have anything, but you got everything in him. If you lean into him and you trust him, even when it seems absolutely impossible, that's a good place to be. Because at the end of yourself is when God can take the reins, and that's his beginning. When we've exhausted everything that we could possibly do on our own, man, I've stretched my bank account, I've sliced my credit card way too many times. But we need to lean on him for, for wisdom, for discernment, and things to do. But there was a demand placed on her life. Her response, I want you to catch this. Your response in the trial, your response to that demand in your life will change your life forever. It changed her life. It blessed her family. And it even made her famous in the Bible. Well, well how come they didn't mention her? Anytime you don't see a name in the Bible, but you, you see it like a, a widow or, or a person, but they don't specifically mention their name, it's because I believe, theology by Eric maybe, but I believe you can insert your name there. Anytime you see a story like that and you're like, man, I, I've been there. But it's a reminder of God's promises and his faithfulness to his people. That these aren't just people from the Old Testament and just great old story. No, these were actually people that, that leaned on God and God leaned on them. And God was faithful. Man, you, like a last meal. Maybe you're like me and you got this favorite restaurant. Man. And you got this one meal. You, all, you hate everything else on the menu. But you got this one meal that you go there for. And you save up. You're like, alright, we get to go. And you sit down and it's so exciting. And then you order, yeah, I'd like a prime rib or I'd like this. And then that waitress or waiter says something you just never want to hear. We just ran out. Oh, Jesus. 
And of course, they always add fuel to the fire, right? Because they always pit someone against somebody else. They're like, well, that dude right there is the one that ordered the last one. Like, oh, so I'm over there mean mugging and like, but in a real way, God was taking that moment to say, yo, Eric, what's inside you? There are people starving all over the world and you're, you're so fixated on what you wanted. That's going to hurt some feelers this morning, but we got to stop getting fixated on what we want and allow God to do what he wants in our life. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be comfortable. Man, the things that my wife and I have walked through for the last couple of years, it's not comfortable. But I'm telling you, there's more passion, there's more joy, there's more fulfillment than we could ever, ever achieve on our own. Ever. God doesn't care about my talents. He doesn't care about my gifts. He doesn't care about yours. He cares about the anointing he wants to place on you and through you to break the yoke and change people's lives. And that's not just for a pastor, that's for all of us. I'm to, to equip the saints, I'm to equip y'all, to you guys to do the work of the ministry. Monday through Saturday, that's when ministry happens. In small groups, that's when ministry happens. In, in Walmart, uh, on the highway, trust me, I'm speaking in tongues when people cut me off on the highway. Ministry happens. But it's in a real way. But see, in that same way, what was inside me then when I was freaking out that I wasn't getting my prime rib? I'm like, really? My prime rib. I wanted it though, I really. So I settled for pasta and it was all good. And I left a great tip because I felt terrible. But in a real way, <laughs> Elijah was creating a demand. In a real way, that situation was creating a demand to really see who I was. I do a lot of talking. But was it actually, are you actually seeing the fruit of that? Are people seeing Jesus? I could tell you, a couple seconds worth, it might not sound a whole lot of Jesus. I was hangry. But the best days of this widow's life came when someone placed a demand on her faith. Allow those leaders, allow those mentors, allow those people in your life to create and put a demand on your life. It's not to put boundaries around you. It's to put you and to propel you into what it is that God wants you to be doing. If you're here, if you're breathing, which you are, I mean, if you're asleep, you're still breathing, right? That's all good. I might be boring, whatever, but you still got, you still got air in them lungs. It's time for us to do something about it. I'm just saying, church. But her response changed her future, changed her life. Your response is going to change everything. How you respond to a trial will change the course of your destiny. Man, maybe you tripped, maybe you messed up in the last trial, but that doesn't mean it carries on to this trial. That God does not have look, have a back, a rearview mirror looking at the back, looking back. No, that's the devil that says, oh, this person ain't enough. That the accuser. But last time I checked in scripture, Jesus came down, took the keys, took all power and authority, stripped them, stripped the devil from all tools. That no longer condemnation could be used against us. He's got a big bark. He's in there chiming away. But his bite doesn't last unless we allow it to. We give the devil way too much credit when it's us that are being very self-destructive. I'm just saying. But when you're faced with a need, how do you respond? Man, we got a need in nursery. we got a need uh, in call well to feed. we got a need whatever it is. It doesn't have to be ministry related at all if there's a need. Do we withdraw because it's uncomfortable? Man, I, I don't want to give that, that person my money. I, I want to buy groceries for me. I know, that per, I know that gal needs diapers and formula. If God's put it on your heart, do it. I'm saying, you don't need to have the holy goosebumps to come over you and pray in tongues until you get ultimate confirmation by three, three people to notice if a dude's got no shoes, he needs shoes. Just meet the need. 
I'm all about prayer. Prayer is powerful. But man, if there is a need, church, we got to meet it. It has nothing to do with what I'm talking about, but I, I just wanted to say that because I have the microphone, so I guess I can. But I also don't want you to give out of obligation either. That's the worst place to be. Man, my wife picked on me a little bit, and she told me she was going to, so that's okay. But guys, I could just be honest and vulnerable with you. God, pride and money have always had a foothold in my life. Because it was my, my concept and my viewpoint of it. I always thought it was like, well, I have to, I have to take care of it. I've got to provide. I've got to be the provider. That's what my daddy taught me, right? That's what the world teaches us. But when I, when I understood the concept of I know where my provision comes from, I'm not saying that you're not blessed in your job, but you need to understand how and why you got into that job to begin with. There are jobs I hear about my, my, my wife. She had this one job, and she was going up against all kinds of people with master's degrees, crazy things, right? Crazy ed- education. She walks in there, and they give it to her. And I won't get into details, but they give her the job because of the interview. And, I, 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 and I'm going to butcher this story, and she's going to hate me for it, but it basically the question was, what do you do in, you know, with these kids? She worked with emotionally disturbed kids. She said, I love them. I pray for them. Even though you can in the public school, I still pray for them. That passion, that love. And they chose her over all the educated people. Because what they wanted was her heart. God doesn't, like I said earlier, he doesn't want your stuff and your money. That's just a show of surrender. He wants your heart. He wants to choose his people who have the heart for ministry, who have the heart to reach a city, who have a heart for people. And if you are here, that is you. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't have to come with a title. The most profound and powerful people with God didn't necessarily have a title. They just moved. Yeah, they were messed up. They were wrecked. They were murderers. They were stutterers. They were liars. They were all these things. But God moved powerfully because they were obedient and walked it out and realized it had nothing to do with them. But it's amazing to see this confidence that we it gets built up inside us, but it, but it happens after we endure trial after trial after trial after trial. Our faith is built up and built up, and then we know that every time, man, next time I go through a trial, man, I know my God's there because he was there the last time. He was the time before, and I'm going to pass that on to my kids and my grandkids, and they're going to know that their God is alive today. Come on, can I get an amen this morning? In those times, hell breaks loose, man. Everything falls apart. I don't care how small or how big it is. That's what I believe the power of God is showcased the most. But some of us in this room need to thank God for the trials that we went through. It's like, wow, that sounds crazy. What did you say that, boy? You need to thank God for the trial because it made you the person you are today. You need to thank God that he, he, the fire didn't consume you. He was with you. And you made it through that trial. Your character was refined. Your ministry was refined. Your heart and your mind was refined. We need to thank God for those moments because it's the forged, it's forged in the fire and the trials of life that God wants to elevate you and to propel you into the things that he has called you to do. Each and every one of you has been called by name. Not a group of people. Not you people. You people. It says you individually. That speaks and screams of relationship, not religion. Religion is groups of people. A relational God is someone that says, I see you. I know how many hairs are on your head. I love you. I created you for my word. 
spoke you into existence. And I've got a purpose for you if you just walk into it. But we can stand and we can share with other people. Man, I've been tested by the fire. I've walked through all the garbage. And look where I'm at. Like I share this often, but people in my high school, people in the military that I served with, and, and some of my friends, they cannot believe what I'm walking in right now because they knew me. But we know that when you encounter a relationship with Jesus, you are never the same. A true relationship where we find you. And it's not instant. Salvation's an instant. But like we were talking last Sunday with Pastor Jordan, it's a process. Refinement doesn't just happen. You put it in the fire and then poof, it happens. So it takes, sometimes it takes a little bit of beating. Little rough edges need to come off. So the purity of who God's created you to be is seen. See, I love what Apostle Paul writes in, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, and it says this. I remember your genuine faith. You share, for you share the faith that is first filled your grandmother. Come on, we thank God for grandmothers. And then your mother. And I know the same faith continues strong in you. How did the Apostle Paul know that his faith was genuine? It's not words, it's not his preaching, it's because he endured the fire and he leaned on God in every moment, in every situation, in every insecurity that Timothy had. He leaned into him and Paul observed this. You notice that Paul didn't write this in 1 Timothy. God, come on, I'm just being realistic. He didn't write, well, I mean, your faith is genuine in 1 Timothy. No, he had to go through some stuff. Maybe the first season, the first whatever in your life, first couple of years, maybe it was a struggle. Maybe the test, man, oh, yeah, you couldn't have said that to me back then. But right now, I'm on firm ground with Jesus. None of us are immune to this. But after the trials, we can say, I'm persuaded that no matter what, that what is inside me, who is inside me is genuine. It's not just words on a, in a book. It's not just words of my grandmother and the great revival and the great awakening that they experienced. It's a true experience in my life. Friends, this is what the generation that is today wants to see. They don't need to see the physical manifestation of God. They don't need to necessarily see miracles unfold. They want to see people walk out their faith. They don't want to hear just the good times. Like, man, church was good. Man, we, man, we just worshiped on. Yeah, what about the Monday through Saturday struggle? They want to know how you walk through that. In a real way. They, they, this generation wants to see, man, I'm struggling with my marriage. How do I do that? All you could talk about is how wor great worship is and how great the word is. And, and the seats were comfy. You could have used a little bit more AC because I'm pitting out right now. But, but what I'm saying is, come on. I just make sure you guys are awake this morning. But what's inside us, it needs to be genuine. And the only way we know that for ourselves and for other people is to see that produce. And reproduce. We're meant to reproduce. Our children, man, they should be on fire. Not that they're not going to go through struggles, but they need to know who to lean into and to lean on. Like she can lean on me, but I'm just going to be honest. My daughter can lean on me all she wants. I love her. I'll do everything I can. But I will fail her at some point in her juncture. I just hope she doesn't need counseling at 30. I, I just, that, that's just my prayer. But, but she, she can't lean on me for all of those things. She needs to lean on God first. I mean, I thank God she comes to us, and man, she's, she's a worshiper, and her, her heart's on fire for God. I thank God for that, that God answers prayers. Even when I didn't even realize how it was going to turn out, God answers prayers. He's faithful. But I want her faith to be genuine for her. Not just what daddy and mom, not just what grandma or nana taught her, 
But I want her to have that true experience, that genuine faith that she knows, man, it doesn't matter what I go through in life. My God is greater. And the second one is to reveal the power of God. I want everybody to say power. See, every time we see a miracle in the Bible, or quite frankly, anytime we see a miracle, there's a problem, right? Because what, if there's no problem, why would we need a miracle? You know, I, I want to draw our attention just real quickly to, to Lazarus. He's dead. Like dead, dead. Like gone dead. Like there ain't no other kinds of dead. He's gone, right? But how could have Jesus called him out, called him by name, and I think he called him by name because had he spoken in general terms, everybody would have got up, right? Every dead person had been walking around like, man, what happened? So he was specific. But it had to happen. I want you to say it had to happen. Sometimes things in your life, maybe they had to happen so the power of God can be on display for other people. The miracles and the blessings you've been praying for aren't necessarily for you. Miracles are not for the believer. Yeah, they're a great faith builder. They're like, wow, God moved powerfully in that person over there. But it's the unbeliever who says, wow, that's God? Your God, like, your God's not like dead, like your God is very much alive. He, like, this is not just something I read about thousands of years ago. He's with me right now. Yes. And that's what I love about church services is we get to experience that. But I got to be honest with you, that experience needs to happen outside these walls. The Acts, we, we, if you read Acts, most of those miracles happen outside of a church service. I'm never demean church service is important. More people come to Jesus in a church service than in any other setting. Worship is amazing. Hopefully the word will feed you and equip you, not just feed you just to fill you up for a Sunday, but enough to empower you to move into what it is that God's called you to do this morning. But Lazarus had to die. Something in your life had to happen. I'm not saying God orchestrated it. Man, if you land yourself in prison, God did not put you in prison. Your situation put you in prison. But God can use that situation for something good. Man, I know some of the most free people that are in prison because they understand that freedom has nothing to do with their circumstances, has nothing to do with their material objects, has nothing to do with anything else other than Jesus. And it's as simple as that. When I see people hungry after God, man, I think Jesus understood that trials were opportunities for the power of God to be displayed. Man, you'd be, people have been praying for miracles and the power of God to move. Maybe it's best manifested in the trial that you're walking through right now. Maybe it's not going to happen in the mountain high when everything's good. But maybe his power and everything that you've been seeking and those answers and clarity will happen in the trial and the equipping in the season that you're in right now. But see, I think Caldwell is ripe for this. I see broken people, it breaks my heart. Addictions, mindsets, thinking that, my, man, my mama, my daddy did this, so this is what I'm going to become. They identify themselves with situations and, 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 and issues and, and things that they did. It doesn't identify them. But church, it doesn't do us any good sitting and watching Netflix. I love Netflix. I love Netflix. Probably too much. But we can't be a, 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 a reclining Christian where we're sitting in the chair and we're going backwards. We need to be moving forward. The kingdom of God always moves forward. 
If we sit in a recliner, eventually we're in the lay down position and we're not useful to God. I know that's going to hurt some feelers this morning. Maybe I'm preaching to myself this morning, but. Caldwell is right, but it's going to take us. I'll just leave it at that. In 2 Corinthians, in chapter 12, verse 9, the Bible says that each time he said, my grace is all you need. I want you to hear that this morning. Somebody needs to hear that. My grace is all that you need. My power works best in weakness. So I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. You got to understand that scripture does not say he will not give you more than you can handle. I hear this all the time. Well, God God won't give you more than you can handle. Really? Have you read the Old Testament? Have you walked with me for just a, a few moments in life? It's in your weakness. He is made strong. So that way you can't boast about it. It's not about you. There are times that maybe, oh, I don't want to come up. I don't want to worship. You know what? That's okay. That's a dialogue between you and God. Man, I don't want to be in church. I don't want to do this. I don't. Your weakness, it's your lowest point in your life, the struggle that maybe you walked in here this morning with, that is when God is the strongest because you have to lean on him for everything. Man, I got nothing. That's a good place to be because God's got everything. And he wants to impart that onto his people this morning. But in your weakness, he is made strong. It's not in your strength when you get polished, when you get perfect, you know, super tall hair and skinny jeans and a shirt. It's not when you've got all that stuff figured out. It's in your weakest and your lowest of lows is when he is the most powerful. I'm just saying. That's why I pray the way I do. Lord, let me get out of your way. I don't want to be a hindrance to anybody or to anything that God wants to do in a service. Because you guys didn't come to hear me. I might be the one talking, but you need to understand something. These are words from God that he wants to impart unto his people this morning. But let's get back to Elijah real quick. And when we see the response to the widow's problem with the promise of God, if you're in a trial right now, if you're in something, you need to respond to the situation with the remembrance of a promise from God. So, sir, ma'am, I know you're struggling right now in this world. I know I promised you that person. I, I know I promised you this ministry, and, I, and I've, I've un- un- unveiled a vision or a dream. Don't give up on it because it seems difficult. Hang on to the promise that God spoke to you. We said this many times. Don't doubt in the dark what God has spoken to you in the light. If he's spoken something to you, he's not going to go, oh, oopsie, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I guess I have to change my plan. No, his plan is to move forward. Don't doubt it because you're in a trial and a struggle right now. I don't know who that's for this morning, but I just pray right now in Jesus' name that you would be set free. But this level of confidence comes from seeing it firsthand, not just what grandma said and not just what the words say, but seeing it firsthand, walking through the trials of life, the messed up, man, you see a piece of coal, turns into a diamond because it responded well under pressure. You look at the people in the Bible, man, they were messed up. Like all kinds of messed up. Like things were like, wow, God, why, why would you pick that dude of all the people you had to choose from? You know why? Because they were at their lowest of lows and they had to lean on God for everything. And they believed, they believed when God spoke, they moved without hesitation. And even when they hesitated and they tried to run away... They still came back. God wants to use so many people in this generation. But he wants people 
He doesn't care how messed up you are. Come as you are, yes, but you will change in Jesus' name. You will not be the same person. I, I, can, I can attest to that. I can promise you that. When you rock into his presence, you will not be the same. I don't care what you're going through this morning. And then my final point is this. Those trials, those tribulations in life, they're meant to reveal, to reveal what you are meant to become. You are only going to know truly who you can become when you endure through the trials. Many of you know that I'm a nerd, and if you don't, now you know. So I go on YouTube often, and probably not as often as I, thank goodness I don't do it as often as I, because I get wrapped up, and I, I find something like, wow, that's interesting, and then I go to the next video, and then I'm learning all this useless information. I've got so much useless information up here, it would blow your mind. You would think I was a rocket scientist, but I can't add five and five. You know, like the simple things that we need to know, I, I don't know. But the crazy facts, so I want to share one of these crazy facts with you. And it illustrates where I'm trying to go this morning. Trust me, I'm going to land this plane. In New Zealand, 40% of the birds are classified as ground birds. That sounds crazy. They don't fly at all. They got wings. They're perfectly capable of flying. Scientists have studied, well, why is this? Why is this? This doesn't make any sense. They were designed to fly. They were designed for a specific purpose. The reason is because they have no natural predators on the island. They have never been threatened. They have evolved into something that can't even do what they are meant to do because they have never needed to. And I'm going I'm to bring that down to earth for us this morning. In a real way, this is the picture of the West. We're not flying. We're not progressing. We're not moving in our purpose because we have never needed to. We're so blessed as a nation. I don't have to worry about food on the table. I open my fridge. It's there. My latte machine's going to be there in the morning. I'm not going to have to go through gunfire to get to church. Just put that in perspective. Your kid's going crazy or whatever, and you're arguing with your spouse, and hey, at least you made it to church. It's a good place to be. But you didn't have to go through the gunfire and rockets to get here. We don't have to go through the trials. We don't have the persecution that other countries do. I know this is getting real heavy, but I'm just trying to hit a point this morning. That this, this generation believes they can do without God. And I got to tell you, I know this sounds crazy, and don't tweet it, don't tweet this. <laughs> but they're right to an extent. Because they have everything they could possibly think they need. They have materialism. But it's when they go through the trials, they really realize they have absolutely nothing. When they're going through the mustard, when you lose somebody, Material stuff's not going to make a difference. Intellect's not going to make a difference. What's going to make a difference is people surrounding you and loving on you. See, we have become a consumer Christian society. That's polar opposite to the gospel. The gospel is a servanthood for people to serve. So, but sometimes we church we treat church like a buffet. Man, I got my great parking lot team. Usher was a rock star. My Man, he crushed it in worship, and the guy with the tall hair did a good job. He didn't blow it. I didn't have to raise my hand for salvation afterwards, even though I was saved. So he's doing his job. But we need to not treat it like a buffet. We need to get rooted and sit at the table with him. Oh, I don't like what he's saying. It doesn't match up with my lifestyle right now. And they go to another church, and they go to another church, and they go to another place. And that's just the enemy just trying to push them away 
So they're out there on their own, without a covering, without a body of people loving on them, encouraging them. But the reason I truly believe that we don't see God's powerful display like we probably could, or compared to other countries, is because they need Him for everything. For their food, for their livelihood, for, their, for the lungs in their air for persecution. They have to lean into him for everything. How many times? I'm not going to show a raise of hands, just internally. And we woke up in the morning and said, God, would you protect me? God, would you put food on my table? God, would you? Are these the things that come out of our mouth? Generally not, because we, we're just assured that, like, no, these things will be taken care of. But we need to get into a place that we're so dependent and we're so hungry for God that we lean in in and we lean in and we see God move in powerful ways. They have no choice than to learn how to fly. They have absolutely no choice. When we're sick, we go to the doctor. When we feel threatened, we have the police force. When we, we have the government, when we're poor, that's a subject for debate, but I'm not going to get there this morning. Without demand that is bigger than you being placed on your life, you will never know what you can truly become. So let those mentors, let those pastors, let those people in your life pour into you. The best day of your life will come when someone places the demand on your faith. I see this in you, sir. I see this in you, ma'am. Would you just walk it out? If he can use a donkey and he can use me, he can certainly use any single one of you here this morning. See, we didn't know that Jesus was a storm calmer until he did it. We didn't know he was the healer until he did it. We didn't know he could raise people from the dead until he did it. What can you do if just a little bit of a pressure and a little bit of demand was placed on your life? What could you walk into next? With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to close the service with this thought. The test and the trial that you're going through right now is not the absence of God. He is very much there. But it's an opportunity for you to see God's power, God's mercy, and God's love displayed your life. This is a chance for you to, to mold your character, to refine your, to shape you, to mold you to what it is that God wants you to be this morning. He wants to bring revelation to your life. You don't need a reason. You need a revelation in your life. But it's time, church, it's time as a family we lean into Him. Interestingly, if you, if you take the word trial and you take the I in it, you place it after the A, it becomes a trail. It's amazing the difference it makes when you take yourself, the I, and you place it last. You place it after him. That trial will now become a trail to your destiny, to your purpose. There's somebody here this morning, maybe more. Man, you've been holding on to the reins. You've been doing it your, your own way for such a long period of time that you finally... God, I've, I've exhausted everything. I need you this morning.